Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so exciting to be here with you today in this capacity again, and speaking about something that is so essential, so vital for us, for our faith renewal, and for our daily lives. Today, we're going to talk about the Word of God, the Scriptures, the written Word. How does this book fit into the bigger picture of our ongoing daily renewal? Well, I would actually argue that it is the foundation of our spiritual lives, the foundation of our faith, and that without it, nothing else will stand. It is that essential to our growth and our maturation or our maturing as uh, followers of Christ. This collection of books that we call the Bible, it's available to us in many forms. And today I actually have with me a little show and tell, three of my favorite Bibles, so hang on a second. This bad boy is my favorite Bible for just sitting down and reading the Word. So this actually was my husband's <laughs> for decades, and I might have taken it from him uh, because it's just the perfect font and the perfect type of Bible for me for daily reading. And so this is one of my all-time faves. This little one I love so very much. This was a gift from my father-in-law. He went to Israel and brought this back for me many years ago. It's handcrafted, and the covers are wooden, and it's hand-carved, and it's just absolutely beautiful with uh, gold leaf pages. So this is one of my favorites. And then I brought you this today. And I brought you this big one today because this is uh, my most precious Bible in terms of being sentimental. It is my family Bible on my father's side. It has our genealogy in it and the most exquisite illustrations. It's like artistry in a book. And so I just brought that with you today in case you also happen to have a big, gigantic, super heavy family Bible. And no matter what the format, of course, you can read them all. They're all, they're all available to be read. Uh, but the first Bible that I actually remember using was a study Bible. I was a teenager, I was a new believer, and somebody recommended I get a study Bible. So I went out and got one, and it was super helpful. It had the context of the scriptures and maps and definitions for me for words that were new and that I didn't understand. And, you know, I actually highly recommend everybody get their hands on a study Bible for themselves because it, the resources in that Bible are incredibly helpful for studying and learning the Word of God. And there's study Bibles for women and men and students and parents and so it, run out and grab one if you don't have one already today. So let's go to Bible 101 class. I'm going to just give you a little bit of uh, information about the Bible. The definition of the Bible is the Christian scriptures. It comes in two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. It contains 66 books in total, was written by 40 different authors over 1,600 years. The Old Testament includes scriptures that would have been studied at the time of Jesus. He refers to them as the Law and the Prophets. Um, and there's also in the Old Testament books of poetry and wisdom and history. Uh, the New Testament holds the Gospels, which tell the story of Jesus, his life, and also letters and epistles from his apostles. So people that worked with him then wrote letters, and those were um, intended to have... Uh, 
the account of his life. Remarkably, these 66 books written by so many different people really tell one story from beginning to end, and that's our story. It includes our origin, it includes our messy history, it includes our redemption plan, it includes direction for our daily lives as believers, and it includes our eternal future. That's 40 writers, one complete story. It's really, really incredible. Now, none of that trivia would matter if we don't understand the purpose behind having the Bible. Um, if we don't try to understand why and how it can have an impact on us today. So there's three things I want to talk to you about today. And honestly, we could take three months to talk about the word, to get into its, its origin and, uh, and formation and all of those things. But we're going to focus on this today. I've chosen three things. One is I want to talk about the fact that the word of God is infallible. I'd like to talk about the fact that the word of God is luminous. And I want to talk about the fact that the word of God is enlivening. And if you're wondering, what on earth is she talking about? Just bear with me and we'll explain it as we go along. So let's start at the beginning. The word of God is infallible. This means it is true and accurate, always effective, never failing. In order to trust this, we need to know something about the word. We need to know that these documents, these books, have been scrutinized more than any other written document in the course of our history. From its conception, it has been studied, investigated, criticized, reviewed, audited, challenged, and guess what? Verified over and over again as authentic. It seems every generation of scholars goes through this cycle of challenging the word, studying it, and then authenticating it. For example, the books in the New Testament had to go through certain criteria in order to be eligible to be part of the New Testament. They had to be written by an apostle or handed down from an apostle. They had to be proven to be written at the time of that apostle's life, and people had to verify the authority of that apostle. They had to be in support of and in line with all other scriptures, including Old Testament writings. And they had to be widely used and proven through experience to be of value to Jesus' followers. So not only did it have to be written by people with authority, but they also had to be tested. And there would have been writings and books that would have been tested and proven to not be so helpful. But there are 27 books remaining that passed the criteria and created the New Testament canon that we have today. Well, why? Why were these books written in the first place? Well, the oldest writings would have been written to maintain the validity of the history of the people of God before Jesus, the Jewish people. These would include the law and prophets, like we've mentioned, and those would have guided the people of God along the way living in Old Testament times. These would have also been the holy scriptures in the time of Jesus' life. The New Testament has the letters and the gospels, and they were written by eyewitnesses and trusted followers of Jesus. They were written in order to capture the life of Jesus and his teachings, and then to answer common questions about Jesus and his teachings, and to dispute any teachings that were contrary to that truth. They were intended to guide churches and new believers, and they recorded the truth 
about the path to salvation that was now available to all people, not just one people group or one region of the world. We believe that the Holy Spirit was heavily involved in these writings and in the formation of the Bible as a whole. Interestingly enough, it's confirmed by both Peter and Paul, who did not always see eye to eye on everything, that they agreed that the Holy Spirit himself was in fact in control of the writing and collection of scripture as we know it. For example, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul says this. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In 2 Peter 1, Peter says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we know now, in 2024, that this collection of books is verified history, scrutinized and confirmed through study as true and accurate. And we know, not just by our own experience, but by the experience of hundreds of years of believers, actually thousands of years now, of experience by believers and followers of Jesus that these teachings are beyond helpful. They have been a source of teaching and training, yes, but they are fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Church is alive and well and is still utilizing these words to continue to draw people to Jesus, to renew the strength of our faith, to renew his church and to renew your life and to renew my life today. The Bible was not written as a single moment inspiration for the writers to create something beautiful for themselves. The Bible is part of an eternal plan by the Lord to inspire, teach, train, encourage, and correct generation after generation of his children. This is intended to be part of our daily lives, our daily renewal of our minds and our actions. This is the word of God. Why, again, why is it so important for us to know in our minds and in our spirits that this is the actual inspired word of God? Because this is truth. Capital T, truth. This is the foundation of our faith and our lives. This contains the truth about God, the truth about Jesus, the truth about the Holy Spirit. It contains the truth about salvation, the truth about freedom, godliness, holiness, righteousness, purity, fear, love. So when you're wondering, what should I think about such and such? Because this friend has this opinion, but this coworker has that opinion, and I don't know, I'm confused. I just know I love Jesus. I'm not sure what to think about these things. Well, let me tell you, this contains the truth. It is time, church, that we know this, that we understand this, that we stand on this, and that when we speak it, we speak it in love. Ephesians 4 14 and 15 says this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful charming. 
Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So when we know the word well enough that we can speak it in love, we are no longer tossed back and forth by other people's opinions, but instead we become the mature body of Christ. Because you and I know opinions can change, but the truth will not. Okay, let's move on. If we now recognize the word of God is infallible, as in accurate and true and effective, now let's look at a couple ways that it will impact us. My second point to you today is this, that the word of God is luminous. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, picture it this way. This book is full of light, and it shares that light with us. It breaks up the darkness and literally provides a guide for us. We believe that the word was given to us for this reason, so that the people of God would have a source of truth and guidance for our lives. Psalm 119.105 literally says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Even in Old Testament days, when that psalm would have been written, the people of God recognized the scriptures that they had were a source of guidance. Even before Jesus came, people saw that when they followed the guidance of the Lord, their lives were lining up with his will. Think back all the way to the Ten Commandments. These were pretty basic, yet all-consuming standards that the Lord directly gave his people. He was laying out for them a way of living, a way of living that would honor him, that would protect them from harm, and that would provide a life of freedom and security. Even if people today just took the Ten Commandments and lived by those, our world would be 180 degrees different. In the same way, God has confirmed by the Holy Spirit these 66 books to be a comprehensive guide for us. And if we take it and read it and apply it, our lives will honor him. They will largely be protected from, I'm going to call them self-inflicted consequences and harm, and will live a life whose foundation is freedom and security. His word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. There are, of course, different ways to absorb the word. If you grew up in a Sunday school type setting or you had a parent that made you memorize scripture as a child, count it a blessing. If you have scripture stored up in your mind and the Holy Spirit can bring that back to memory uh, when you need it most, that, those can be real life-giving moments. So be grateful. For those of us that didn't grow up learning scripture, that's okay. It's not too late for us. It doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or your 70s or beyond. It is never too late to start getting into the word. As a matter of fact, no matter what your background or your learning style, there is a way available to us to learn and continue to learn the word and its guiding principles. We are so fortunate today and in this day and age to have the resources available to us. There's digital options of the word, paper options, audible options if, you, if you're an audible learner. There's devotionals, there's studies, anything that you need to help you walk out your faith, to learn the word, to learn how to interpret it and apply it properly is all available to us today. One thing and I know a lot of people do, and I have mad respect for it, is they read through the Bible over the course of a year. Some of you have done that 
almost your whole faith lives. Some of you, that's an idea you've never heard of before. Some of you have one, you've gotten through one book and you're so excited about that and I commend you. I want you to know this. I want you to know that yes, it is essential that we know the word, but it is not a race. <laughs> There's no contest here and there is no winner for who reads it the most. What the Lord desires for us in this is not that we try to win a Bible reading award, but rather that we live a life of faith that comes from the illumination of the word in our lives. Romans 10, 17 says it this way. It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. His word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. And you know, when you get into the word and you see that, that luminous story playing out century after century, it is incredulous. It makes us stand in awe of our God from creation to the pictures of heaven that we see in the Bible. The word draws us into a deeper understanding of his magnitude, of his greatness. You know, even, even the, the, the major figures in the Bible have the, the, I'm talking about the people that like created a legacy, changed generations, changed the world. They, they also had enormous failures. Think of, um, David, Jonah, Peter, um, Jacob, Elijah, even Paul, these men from the word, these stories that we read about them where they are impacting, you know, the, the, the whole community that they live in or the whole group of the people of God. And yet they also had the most colossal, dismal failures and what I love about the word is it doesn't hide those failures from us. We get to see their whole story because God wants us to know that he took normal people and did extraordinary things for them. Even when they failed, he gave them grace and mercy. And that is the story for us today. You and I, you know, we're normal people and God often lifts us up and, and gives us opportunity to do something extraordinary, even if that's helping a neighbor dig their car out of the snow. You know, even if it's providing a meal for someone uh, who's maybe living without right now. These are extraordinary actions of, of love and of kindness. And God gives us opportunities to do these things. And he shows us in his word that he uses people just like us. If today you need light on your path, and what I mean by that is if you are looking for guidance, uh, regarding a decision or wisdom, I highly recommend you read through the book of Proverbs. If you're looking for advice on relationships, maybe start in 1 Corinthians or read Ephesians 5. If it's guidance on holiness or godliness, try Hebrews 12 or Romans 6. Honestly, if you're looking for any kind of clear direction, you know, this is the book for you. When you're seeking guidance and you're reading his word, ask the Lord to speak through it. Ask the Lord to illuminate a passage for you. I know many of you here have had that experience. You've read a scripture, maybe it seems like a thousand times, and you come across it one day, and it just kind of jumps off the pages for you, almost like the Lord has highlighted it for you. That's a moment where God is saying, I see you, and I know exactly what you need, 
and I'm going to give you a word of encouragement today. When he enlightens the scripture for you, you know he is there for you. Psalm 119, 130 says this. It says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So let us not take for granted this powerful resource of guidance that we hold in our hands in whatever format. It is luminous. It contains the truth and provides the light that we so desperately need. Okay, now that we recognize that the word is infallible and it is luminous, let's take a moment to look at the word as our source of life. Now, there is one side note before I jump into this um, section, and that is this. Um, in this last point, there were so many scriptures that I wanted to share with you, and I knew I wouldn't have the time. And so I have included them in the notes that you can find on the website. So if you've never accessed message notes before, you simply go to calvary.ca, you click on the messages tab, and you will see all the messages that have been preached from this platform. And what you can do in any one of those messages is click on the notes and you will see usually two options. One is the full set of notes and one is notes with fill in the blank. And so you can kind of follow along if you're listening, uh, listening to this at a later time or watching online or you want to print it out and look at those uh, messages at a later time. I have included a comprehensive list of scriptures in those message notes this week. So if you want a little homework, you can go online and grab those and see what else um, I would have been shared with you had we had a little bit more time today. Okay, moving on. My last point uh, to you is this today, that the word of God is enlivening. Just as the word contains light and shares that light with us, it is also full of life. And it shares that life with its readers. Um, honestly, the word is really where we kind of learn about life to begin with. We learn how life began. We learn about abundant life, a redeemed life, a eternal life. All of those things are explained in the word. And the scriptures within the Bible hold the path to eternal life. For example, we have a set of scriptures that we affectionately call the Romans Road. It's written in Romans uh, 3, 5, 6, and 10. And in those scriptures, in those chapters, there is a step-by-step -step path to salvation. It explains how to be saved. Those scriptures capture for us the whole reason why Jesus came to earth, our salvation. The Bible also contains dozens and dozens of life-giving promises. These promises are from the Lord for you and for me. And they are as true and as relevant today as they were the day that they were written. The promises of God contain life and hope and encouragement and strength for us. And that might seem like a silly thing to say. That might be obvious to you. But, you know, there are people all around us. There may be people in this room today that live under the, an unhealthy fear of God. Not a healthy fear of God's holiness, but an unhealthy fear of the Lord. And I want you to know today, I want everyone to know today, that the Lord is for you. He is not against you. He is not sitting in the heavens waiting for you to make a terrible mistake so he can smite you. <laughs> he is love, the scripture says. God's love and grace and mercy are available to us. He himself says in John 10 that he did not, he does not want us to just live life. He wants us to have a life abundant. So 
Let me show you what I mean. Um, some examples of God's promises for us today. Okay, if you need a reminder of God's forgiveness for you, if you, maybe you feel genuinely unworthy, I want you to come with me to 1 John 1, verse 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay, there's actually a lot in this scripture, but I want you to hear this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. These are promises. He is committing to remain faithful. He is promising his forgiveness for us. He is promising the process of purifying us from our unrighteousness. Do you feel um, alone today? And what I mean by that is, you know, are you trying to solve all of your own problems? Are you striving? Pastor Vince last week referred to, you know, we kind of come to the end of ourselves. Is this you? Are you in that place today? Because uh, that could be a very lonely place. Well, in Deuteronomy 31.8, the scripture says this, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is God saying, hey, listen, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And therefore, the rest of the verse says, you know, so don't be afraid or discouraged. Isaiah 41 even makes reference to him taking us by the right hand like you would take the hand of a child and lead them along. God is for us. Are you feeling depleted? Like it's January. Are you exhausted? <laughs> Are you weary? Um, are you up at night worrying about something? You know, those concerns are totally legit. Matthew 11 says this in verse 28, 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Okay, let's break that down a little bit. What is the Lord saying? He's like, okay, if you're tired, if you're weary... If you have a burden, come to me, spend time with me, and then take my yoke upon, me, upon you. Learn, learn from me. Look, I'm gentle. Learn the gentleness. Learn the humility I have in my heart. And then you will find rest for your souls. So he's basically standing with arms open wide saying, hey, if you're weary, come and spend time with me. If you learn from me, I will not just give you rest. You will have rest in your very soul. Isaiah 40 also reminds us that the renewal of our strength comes from him. The renewal of our strength comes from him. He is our source. Okay, my final question for you. Are you under any financial pressure right now? I would probably be, it would be safe to say that there are a lot of us in the room today that are feeling the squeeze of the situation that we are in um, in our society today. And the financial strain has been really overwhelming for some. I want you to hear Philippians 4.19 today. Again, another very well-known verse, but let's hear it with fresh ears today. 
It says, my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet, will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, there is no shortage of the riches of the glory of God. He has everything that you need, even if it's not a financial provision. Maybe it's an emotional need, or you need a friend, or you need somebody to come along and understand you. God can provide that person. God can provide all that you need. Malachi 3 is interesting. If you want an extra piece of homework for bonus marks today, go back and read Malachi 3, specifically verse 10, because it's the most clear, I think, in my opinion, um, verse on tithing. And it basically says, if you bring your tithe into God's house, if you bring some of your finances and hand it over to the Lord, it says, and these are his words, not mine, he will throw open the storehouse of heaven. He will throw open the storehouse of heaven when we faithfully bring our tithes into the house of God. So consider that. Consider these promises that when we draw close to God, when we faithfully give to him, when we confess our sins, he has promises in his word that he will fulfill. And to that, I say amen, because (laughs) these promises sound like life, like that abundant life that he's promising us. And he faithfully, people, faithfully fulfills his promises to this day. And you know, actually, that's what we celebrate when we come together on a Sunday morning. We have a lot of songs, even when we worship together, that talk about God's faithfulness. Why? Why are there so many like that? There is a a reason. We need to remember, we need to remind ourselves that we love and serve a faithful God, a life-giving God, an infallible God, and that God gave us the gift of this book which contains the truth and light and life. He didn't inspire and confirm this book, so there would be a record somewhere on some shelf of his amazingness. He confirmed and inspired this book for us so it can change our lives. It is infallible. It provides us with the truth when the world and the enemy try to confuse us. It is luminous. It is a guide for us when we are stuck, when we need direction. It is enlivening. It has life-giving Holy Spirit inspiration and encouragement when we need it the most, no matter what our circumstances. All we have to do is consume it. Being in the Word, reading it, listening to it, studying it, memorizing it, even singing it impacts our very soul and strengthens our spirit. And since our soul, our mind, will, emotions, is the place where we make our decisions, where we live out our life from, the word of God, when it impacts that place within us, impacts every decision, action, and reaction that we will take or that we will make. It affects us at the core and every part of our lives. All right, final scripture for you today. Romans 12.2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. 
If you have need today of any guidance, of any encouragement, or of solid truth in your life, Calvary, this is the book for you. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity and the honor to have your word, to have read your word, to stand on your word, and to speak to your precious people about your word. Father, I pray for all of us that by your Holy Spirit we would have a renewed hunger and a renewed thirst for your word and for it to jump off the pages for us. So, Father, we pray that you would use this book to guide us and to fulfill all of its purposes in our lives. Help us, Lord, to find the time, carve out the time to consume it in whatever way so that we can know you better and live our lives more fully for you. We thank you, Lord, for this gift. We love you and adore you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.